0: to the Thrive in China podcast with me, Christina Kohler-Kaluccia from Woodburn Accountants and Advisors. Our masterclass series on how to review and analyze the results of your China business, which will highlight how to review your company. Once your China company is established and it's running well, you may be inclined to let things continue to run as they are. However, it is time to plan again. After the crucial early stages, you should regularly review your progress, identify how you can make the most of the market position you have established, and decide where to take your China business next. You will need to revisit and update your China business plan with your new strategy in mind and make sure you you introduce the developments you have noted. This masterclass series takes you through this essential process, detailing the stages you should go through to assess how well your China company is performing, highlighting your strengths and areas that could be improved, and most importantly, suggesting a roadmap of actions that you need to take to implement those improvements that you have identified. My name is Christina Kohler-Kaluccia and I'm a Hong Kong born European with over 20 years experience in helping foreign investors enter the China and Hong Kong market. My mission is to help foreign investors, leaders, entrepreneurs, avoid the most common obstacles that they encounter along their China business journey for them to accelerate their profitability. I hope you enjoy the series. Welcome back to session two, where we are going to delve into the China Profit Accelerator. Now, the China Profit Accelerator is a review analysis that I created to help companies, clients of mine, um, look, no, let me rephrase that, have a checklist, actually, of what they should be looking at on the financial side of their business. Um, and I'm hoping that this will help you, um, to again, have a checklist and an action plan to be able to look at the different financial aspects of your business. So again, the goal in China is to grow in the Chinese market, to scale up in the Chinese market. Let's delve first into what are the problems for the foreign investors to grow. Number one, You might not be a numbers person in your China business. Um, I have my strengths. I have my weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is analyzing my business. And that's where my finance person is my right hand. uh, How you say? My right hand woman, if you will, who helps me to analyze the numbers, helps me to understand them, uh, define them, place assumptions on them, uh, and then help me go through my thoughts to analyze and forecast and look ahead into the future. Do you have that in place if you're not a numbers person? The other is having communication barriers with your China finance department. Now, this is a very common thing because I'm all about building that bridge between HQ and China and having clean, clear, transparent communication. Communication is fundamental. The tendency tends to be anywhere in the world that the finance team is always the last to know anything. Uh, Not only in China, but anywhere in the world. If your finance team does not know things, how can they help you? How can they advise you? How can they help you to move forward? Most importantly, if there are language barriers, how can you even communicate with them? Do not rely, and on session three, we're going to be looking at the importance of having an on-the-ground finance team in China. Don't underestimate the need of having qualified finance people within your organization to help you analyze the business. Three is you do not know your profit margins or know that you are losing money because you are not looking at your P&Ls. You do not actually know how it is running. You're focusing more on the marketing and the business development and the sales. You do not know if you are spending the right amount on expenses. There is no financial controlling aspect that's been put in place. You do not know the next place to start making money within or by adding a line of business or geographically. You never feel like you're keeping any money from working so hard. Cash seems to be gone in a moment's notice. And you're starting to really be concerned by money in every single business month. Now, if you are feeling one of these things, if you're feeling that things aren't transparent, if you're doubting yourself, if you feel like you don't have transparency, You need to get help, okay? So the whole point of this presentation is to give you that transparency and ultimately how you can accelerate your profit in China, okay? Number one is striving for incremental growth. Now, it's great. It's fabulous if you want to make 50 million RMB, but that, uh, um, let's say revenue, okay? But that doesn't happen overnight, okay? You have to set goals from day one that are incremental and increase over time. So you want to increase your revenue. I'm saying profit here, but let's use the word revenue. Let's say you want to increase your revenue from 50000 to 100000 and so on until you're in a position to set your sights on that ultimate objective, okay? So if your goal is we need to make 100000 revenue now per month, Okay, that's great, that's, a, um, that's gonna be 1.2 million by the year end. We're on the verge of getting there to the 50 million. Next year, do we increase that by 10%, 20%, 30%? And that's where the an- an analytical analysis comes in. The second is focusing on strategic in- innovation. To truly increase or understand how to increase profit margin numbers for your business, you've got to identify who your customer really is. Who is this person and what need do they have for your product or your service? Do you also then need to innovate your product or your service different compared to your competitors? Okay, the innovation comes with the analytical work. It's getting that creativity and that those ideas in place. Innovation is a huge thing in China. Do not underestimate it. The Chinese want new things, new designs, new concepts. That's what they're striving for, right? Especially in the tech tech arena, but also with consumer brands. The third one is creating an incredible team. Now, who do you, and I'm reemphasizing what I said in session one, who do you have on your side that supports you 100%? Who not only knows the company inside and out, but is willing to be a company ambassador related to your business? Who's also gonna help you bring in those new customers? So who is your finance manager? Are you analyzing with them? Are they helping you to identify issues and problems within your China business? And that's just one role I'm looking at, yeah? Because we're looking at the China profit accelerator and we're looking at the finance aspects. But is your finance manager on on your side? Are they a brand ambassador for you? Are they fully on your team supporting you to win customers and win clients? Are they acting proactively um, to guide you and help you make decisions? If not, then you have to look elsewhere. Identify what's not working now. Looking at your expense reports, looking at personnel reviews, looking at your current sales, what area is lacking if there's a noticeable gap you need to address it okay have you stopped identifying ways to get new customers it's always a matter of strategy and looking at how to create new sales channels to garner new customers identify what's not working within your business so like i said do you have financial controlling are you looking at the costs of goods and services? Are you looking at your staff? Are they performing? Um, are you looking at third-party providers? Are they guiding and helping you as well? Five is looking at your production processes. Now, here I put production. You can also look at it just generally as system processes. But let's use production as, a, as an example. The faster you can turn a product around from order to delivery, the faster you're able to generate revenue and increase your profit margins. You've got to take a look closer at your production processes, wherever they might be in the world. From your first contact with your customer to the moment your product is delivered safely into their hands in top quality, how is that working out with you? How is that supply chain looking? Are there um, things that are not working out? Are there inefficiencies? Is everyone performing at peak performance? Waste not, want, want not. You don't necessarily need to increase your profits to improve your margins. You can also look at reducing your expenses. And this is where I always say, do you have a financial controller in place who is looking at your costs, whether it's cost of goods services or your general administration costs to analyze whether you can trim your expenses? This will help you to increase profit margins. It will help you to reduce all the nitty-gritty stuff in in terms of your costs. Analyze that as carefully as possible. Again, create an incredible team. All right, To increase your profit and overall margin numbers, you've got to focus on products that sell best and deliver the highest profit. Capitalize on other people's resources. A lot of people don't use this, and this is something that is beautiful. To do in China. By capitalizing on other companies' tangible and intangible resources, you can achieve explosive yet sustainable growth. Finding ways to utilize other people's money, time, experiences, customer databases (laughs) to fuel your profits is critical. Um, I'll give you just an example of what I mean by that. For me, uh, we've launched a podcast we are now working not only with clients, but also our uh, third-party added value partners um, to create the China Experts interviews. And we are cross-marketing ourselves. So I'm cross-marketing with my clients. I'm cross-marketing with my partners, hoping that their group of, net, their, not their group of, their network, just generally their network hears about me, hears about what we do, and follows us. You never know what can pop out from this collaboration together. If you look at also brand consumers, uh, sorry, brands in China that are working with consumers, selling to consumers in China, there's a lot of co-branding that is occurring between brands to promote one another and promote to each other's customers and clients. It's fascinating, creative ideas. It's the innovation that I was referring to before. Nine is managing your costs. You have got to, and I've mentioned it earlier, you've got to manage your costs. You've got to manage your suppliers. Are you getting the best deals from them? Can you negotiate better terms? Do you need to look for new suppliers, evaluate them, vet them? Um, can you drive better deals by consolidating suppliers? Can you buy on a just-in-time basis to make effective use of your working capital? Analyze your suppliers. You also need to look at your finance facilities. Are you at the most competitive terms available? Do you have overdrafts? Do you have loans? Um, What's your registered capital looking like? How much capital do you still have to put in, etc.? Interest rates have tremendously gone up. Are you analyzing that? Have you looked at your registered office address information, the premises that you're utilizing? Are you getting the most out of your space? Are there more sufficient ways to use your space? Can you sublet unused space? Could you manage remote working for some of your employees? One of, and I'm seeing many more companies do this, but I did this um, predominantly because I'm in a business sector where a lot of my team is on site at clients at a re- at the request of clients doing accounting work um, or doing internal audits, et cetera. So, I don't need an actual desk for every single staff member of mine. Um, and I kind of took this idea away from the big four. Uh, so the big four KPMG, Deloitte, EY, PwC, they have a policy in their premises where they, your staff, the staff have to book a table, have to book a desk. Um, and if they can't get a desk because on that day it's fully booked, then they work remotely. Um, I don't have that technology, don't need that technology, but basically we've reduced our working space and have shifts that are moving in and out within our office spaces. And it's worked tremendously. Not only has it helped me to retain staff, helped me retain working moms. Um, it has helped me. It's just helped to make my staff happy, it's lowered my rental cost for my registered office address, um, and it's been a win win situation all around. Now, what you do need to be aware about the remote working policy that I just have to add as a disclaimer here is that there are no government regulations around remote working. So be careful what you do with that. I would not now create a policy where 90% of the staff are remote working and 10% are in the office. Um, you know, you might get suspicious questions being raised by. The Ministry of Commerce by various parties, okay? If you're producing in China, have you assessed whether you can cut waste, lower costs of materials? Uh, can you use fewer working hours or you know, just to be able to cut labor costs? Basically, what I'm asking in this is, are you able to streamline your production processes to greater efficiency? 10 is reviewing your offer. So have you thought... First of all, have you done a price benchmarking? Are you familiar where you stand in certain product lines or service lines amongst your competitors? Looking at pricing considerations, finding your best customers. Could you sell more to your best customers? Basically, it's all a matter of reviewing your offer and being flexible with your offer, understanding who you are talking to. Standardizing offers nowadays is probably not the best way to go in China. I think at moments you have to do it. You can have a standardized offer and then have your salespeople tweak it based on who they're talking to. Buy more effectively. Again, this is the third time I'm talking about costs and minimizing your costs and reviewing your costs. It's getting the best deal from your suppliers, cutting waste throughout the business. Okay. Um... Buying more effectively is working with your best customers, finding your new best customers. All right. Now, what you need to understand is you've got to look at four areas within your business, all right? You've got to analyze your business in the following ways. One, it makes sense to encourage customers that provide high sales and high profit, meaning you should probably spend more time on them because they're high sales, high profit. You can certainly boost your profitability by nurturing customers that provide high profit but lower sales. So nurture them in order to make more sales that they lead into category one where there are high sales and high profit. Um, Category three is if customers are providing low profit from high sales, you can maybe revise your pricing strategy, maybe stop giving them discounts Like I said, if you've tweaked it once, you're probably going to make that recurring. At some point, it's got to stop because you need to generate more revenue. What you don't want to happen is that you've got a customer where actually they're burning into your revenue versus adding into your revenue, right? Um, You want to make money off of them, not lose money from them. So if they're low profit but high sales, revise that pricing strategy. And again, analyze how you're going to approach them. That's where you need the customer feedback, right? And then the question is, if you're going to lose them, is it really going to affect your business? Because ultimately what we want to do is focus more attention to categories one and two. The fourth one is if customers are generating both low sales and low profit, is it worth continuing doing business with them at all? Or can we revise pricing? Can we nurture them to make more sales that they hit number one? Again, it's analyzing each of these customers carefully. Expanding your market is another way of increasing your revenue. Do your research, though, right? Look geographically. Does it make sense to expand in other areas? Do you want to develop new services? Do you want to develop new products? Do you want to team up with collaboration partners who can offer maybe those services and products operationally? You're just marketing it, and it's there, hence reducing your your risk. Boosting productivity. You need to have, well, first of all, you need to streamline your processes, but more importantly, you need to have measurement tools in place to make sure that your employees are boosting productivity, that they are performing at a peak performance rate um, that you can say, I'm proud to have you on my team. If they are lazy, if they're not achieving the results they're supposed to achieve, you know, I have a friend of mine who is running a team of salespeople in China and they're, they're mainland Chinese people. And she said, Christina, what am I supposed to do? I've got eight people. I'm, I'm, I think seven people, two of those peak performance, super happy with their attitude, super happy with what they're doing and how proactive they are. And in fact, one of them is so good. She's putting pressure on me and making me accountable for certain action points too. The other five, six are okay what do I do with just okay? And we were brainstorming a little bit, right? And I said, I think it's, it's bad to generalize those five. Let's break them up as individuals. And the conclusion was that she needed to definitely fire one immediately. I mean, immediately. Um, and then for the other five, it was like, you know, you need to now give them certain KPIs, but interim KPIs. And if they don't achieve those, hit warning one, warning two by warning three, you're letting them go. It's also a matter then of including those two high productive peak performance to get their feedback on the business. What advice can they give you to streamline your processes or maybe even find better quality employees? Now, five steps to take. One, Decide on the areas of your business that you want to improve or compare to others. Okay. I have highlighted here 14 areas. That's a lot. You, I mean, you can try and do all 14. I would minimize that and take it step by step. So one is decide on, on those 14 areas. What do you think should be improved on and compare it to the others? Number two is research your business processes and functions thoroughly and calculate how you will measure improvement. The third is finding industries that have similar processes you want to introduce. If you want to bring in an integrated IT system, you should find other businesses that currently use those types of systems to, to compare and understand, are they good? Are they not good? Get their feedback on them. Locate the businesses that are profitable in the industries. If you're interested in benchmarking. Um, survey these companies for their measures, their best practices. Understand if, and like I said, I do this, right? It's understanding how they are doing their system processes or sale process. And can I improve on mine? Or actually is mine better than theirs, right? If a business is reluctant to provide this information, you can get it through trade associations, um, there are companies who do background checks and due diligences. You can also get that through commercial market reports. There's a variety of ways of getting getting and attaining this data. Obviously, you may have to pay for it, but think about the value of what it's going to bring. One thing I would say is don't pay for it and never use it. Make sure you're using and executing on it. Now, I want to finish off today with a checklist of improving the profitability of your business. That is what I promised from the profit, the China Profit Accelerator. Number one is locating areas in your business that could be improved or made more efficient. In this presentation, I went through 14 areas that you can look at. There will be a whole bunch more. Okay? If you really want to go into the nitty-gritty details and separate the business into more areas, you can most certainly do that. Using KPIs to analyze your strengths and your weaknesses. Analyzing how well and how bad your business is doing. Assessing your general administration business costs, going through every single line item. Are there things that could be taken out? Are there things that could be put in? Are, can you negotiate better deals with those third-party providers? Reviewing your areas of business waste and reduce them. Um, I'm I'm in the service sector, not in production. So for me, I when I think about business waste, I'm looking at all of the IT tools, which are a lot that I look at um, every year. Uh, because you pay the fees on an annual basis. And I analyze what needs to be taken out. Where can I, you know, has a new software system provided this option based off of this? So I I analyze that um, to see if I can minimize it. Um, It's regularly, regularly reviewing the pricing of your products, doing that. Annually, biannually. I mean, it depends on what industry and sector you're in. You might have to look at that monthly even. Before changing the prices, testing the prices of any products you review with focus groups or talking to your clients or testing it out with one client first before you start delving into all the clients. It's improving your profitability through your best customers and nurturing those best customers. It's identifying areas of expenditure. Now, what... mm, So I want to highlight one point about best customers. (laughs) A thought came into my mind. Actually, a customer came into my mind. Um, Best customers, high profitability, fantastic. But you also have to look at the attitude of those customers. If they are high maintenance relationship-wise, and they're causing you to hire more staff, which causes an increase in costs, that does not mean they are best customers and high profitability. Okay? Okay. Um, I'm going to use the word vampire. If they become vampire clients, you need to also think about getting rid of them. So I do always look at the profitability aspect, but also look at the attitude of your customers. Are they in high maintenance? Um, you, you obviously have to nurture them and maintain them, but if they're becoming a pain in the butt, might be better to just get rid of them as well. Identifying areas of expenditure and limiting these by bargaining with your suppliers. Long-term deals with suppliers to negotiate on better prices researching new opportunities new business sectors identifying where you can expand in the market and then obviously putting monitoring systems in place system processes in place place and executing on that okay so that's the end of session two guys Uh, i'd love to say we're halfway there but we've got three more sessions Um, the next session that we are looking at is uh, the importance of having an on-the-ground finance team um and uh and we will see how how um, how important that is for your business if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review any materials from this episode can be found in the show notes now can woodburn help you I am offering a free 30-minute call where we discuss the obstacles you are encountering on your China business journey and how we can help accelerate that success. The link to my diary is in the show notes. I look forward to speaking with you.